Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. There are so many exciting things happening for women all over the world. And, and, and I think um, this is the time for us now. This is the time for women. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Vilnius, Lithuania. I hope I'm saying it right. So excited to be celebrating women in tech around the world. And next up, we have Rita. Hello. Hi. Told you I get a little bubbly. <laughs> this is great. So wait, Rita, you are not Lithuanian. I'm Canadian-Lithuanian. You're Canadian-Lithuanian. Yes, I was born in Canada to parents who were born in Lithuania. And when did you make your way from Canada to Lithuania? Uh, Via uh, Boston. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so let's so. let's start. Let's start. Where are you today in your journey? Like how you Canada to 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 Massachusetts to you know I know because every every state in the U.S. is like a um, is like a country in itself. That's right. To Lithuania and, and then we'll and then we'll rewind to the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So I was listening to your podcast earlier this yeah. morning, actually, just to familiarize myself with uh, you know how you run things. Yeah. And one thing I found very interesting was the discussion about how it's uh, usually uh, having a father as an engineer that um, provides some sort of inspiration for a daughter to go into the tech trippy, uh, right? area. Yeah. yeah. So my father uh, is, is the engineer, the, the inspiration from that perspective. But it was my mother who <gasps> bought me Anthony Robbins' uh, set of tapes when I was in third year university studying Asia Pacific Studies. And uh, I was listening to Anthony Robbins, and he had a fascinating story about where Japan was at in technology after the Second World War. And you couldn't even make a phone call at the time. Right. And I uh, took it to my professor and told him, this is what I want to write about, and about technology in Japan and how far they've come and the chip and uh, microchip and semiconductor wars. And really, that was kind of the beginning for my kind of entry into this world of, of high tech. That oh, okay. So my mom played a huge part for me, just not necessarily about tech, but it was like a compliment between my my father and my mother. My dad was the early adopter, the tech nerd, and then my mom was a speaker, and she also 
two guided me to these different mentor kind of role models that uh, would become really influential in how I creatively, how I applied creativity to the technology that I used. Exactly. Really so mine's very, yeah, yeah very similar. That's very so similar. cool. Okay. So, okay. Canada, U.S. Yeah. So I graduated with a degree in international political economy, uh, economics from uh, the University of Toronto. And I was uh, admitted into uh, Northeastern University in Boston for a degree in um, uh, for an MBA degree, but it was um, with a high tech focus. So it was very exciting. Uh, it was at the end of the 90s, uh, beginning of the 2000s. And uh, one of my first jobs coming out of that program was uh, with Bay Networks, which turned into Nortel Networks as a Canadian company bought Bay Networks in corporate venture capital. So I was able to go and see firsthand what was happening in Israel in the startup and innovation world. Israel's one of the top, it's one of the top, Tel Aviv is one of the top cities in the world for, for tech and startups. So in 2000, we were investing in venture capital companies in Israel. Wow. And we were investing also as minority equity shareholders into small innovative startups that would help uh, Nortel do things ultimately faster, better, cheaper. Wow. That's it. Wow. Okay. And keep going. Okay. So fast forward then to... And 9-11, which freaked out the world, and it was an awful time. And um, I happened to be in Lithuania at that time. And I was here for a friend's wedding, and I decided to move here permanently because <laughs> I had my citizenship uh, as, as Lithuanian-Canadian. And um, Lithuania just seemed to be on the brink of something really special at that time. And right. I thought, gotta just do it. So I did. And one of my first jobs was to teach entrepreneurial um, studies at uh, a Norwegian business school here in Vilnius. And um, I taught students how to set up their own businesses, how to write um, business proposals, how to write um, proposals to venture capital companies. And in 2003, uh, that seemed like I had three heads and 16 eyes and was talking like an alien from outer space. Like, In 2003, startups was not cool. A thing yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nobody's going to be throwing money at us to come yeah. up with the next whatever business. Totally. But uh, slowly, uh, Things started really happening here in tech. I'd say the past kind of five years, it's really taken off. And there are a lot more venture capital companies that are forming. Uh, a lot more venture capital money is coming into this region, this region being the Baltics, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. And there are a lot of really interesting things happening here. So I was approached um, to start an organization called the Lithuanian Business Angels Network. And uh, exactly a year ago, and we started this network um, with about, I don't know, I'd say 25, 30 angels. It's now grown to about 80. And uh, we even have a program that uh, helps um, develop uh, a business angel. Not everyone who's in business uh, necessarily understands what it takes to be a business angel and what it takes to uh, not only invest in, but work with these companies as well, sometimes as mentors or providing some kind of contacts around the world. So it's very exciting, this program that we ran last year. And uh, as a result, we invested in one company. Ah! Mm -hmm. So, And what was the company that you invested in? 
So we're still working out the details, but it's an AI platform for consumer visual monitoring. And when did you first recognize that you were passionate about technology? When did that journey start? I think my passion for technology started at a very young age. I was always into gadgets and the next greatest thing, and and uh, I certainly loved film and and movies. And I think a a big love of technology and what's happening and what the future holds uh, comes from film and movies. That kind of sparks our creativity and our interest and our thinking about what could be next. So for you, technology is a creative outlet. Absolutely. Yeah. And same. Like, uh, it's the way I was telling someone earlier that um, it's kind of like uh, an artist uses pens and markers and, and I use different, like, mic equipment and gear to tell a story to create my art. Yeah. Um, and so uh, what has been a huge challenge in your your journey that you successfully overcame and how did you overcome it? So I think um, being a female uh, gives us, um, it's both uh, an opportunity and a challenge um, because we keep hearing about, um, you know, there not being enough women in tech. Uh, actually, in Lithuania, it's, it's the opposite it's, is true. Uh, there was a study done by Eurostat just recently, 57% of women, uh, of, of scientists and engineers are women. 50 per, 57% of scientists and engineers are women. That's an unbelievably high number. And I think that's actually number one in Europe. So I'm in an atmosphere where the reverse is probably true from what I grew up with in in the States and in Canada. Uh, There were all sorts of programs to try to encourage women to go into sciences and maths. Uh, I think think that's maybe one of the areas that I I would consider a challenge or something that I had to maybe overcome uh, was being the only woman in the room uh, in many cases where I was working. Um, I think one of the other challenges I I would say is... um, a fear of failure. Mm. And we read a lot about this now. It's, um, you know, from universities like Harvard and, and other studies are, are, are now pushing this idea that we shouldn't be afraid to fail. And there are countless examples of um, women, especially, who have overcome uh, failure. I mean, J.K. JK Rowling, the author, Oprah Winfrey. J.K. Rowling from. of Harry Potter, yeah. That's right, and and Oprah Winfrey, and and, um, and 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 even though you might not be exactly where you think you ought to be, that doesn't mean that you can't get there. So I know there's a great quote that says, um, "Don't look backwards. That's not where you're going." So you, with always having some kind of a uh, a vision or an idea for where it is that you want to be and just keep moving. I read something in the book that I'm reading right now this week, and it really helped me a lot start to shift my mindset. It said, essentially, just because I am afraid doesn't mean there's anything to fear. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> and, then it, and, then, and then it says, the brain... Like once you are afraid, the brain then feels the need to validate that you are afraid. And so it starts to create stories and perceptions to essentially support you in validating that you're afraid. And so now we go on this mental journey that's totally probably not true. Self-created. Yeah, self-created. And I was like, wow. 
Self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we were just at Tekchil last week in Latvia and yeah. Riga. And uh, there, one of the speakers was talking about how um, if we're told that we slept badly that night, we'll feel like we slept badly that night. If we are told that we had a good night's sleep by a sleep professional, then we'll actually go through the day and feel like we had a good night's sleep. Was that Stuart's talk? I think so. Everyone was so moved by Stuart's talk. Mm -hmm. I will make sure to include um, Stuart's talk from Tech Chill. Carl, our amazing teammate, if you could Google that and include it in the show notes, that would be great. So many people were empowered by the mental health of uh, Stuart's talk. And, okay, so... um, now you move. You you are where you are today here in the Baltics, and you talked about um, some of the empowering, um, you know, atmospheres being a woman in tech. But I'm curious, what are the advantages of just being in the Baltics in general versus uh, the U.S. or um, other areas in the world for the startup life, for the tech life? What are some of the unexpected? unexpected resources and ways we can accelerate here that um, you wouldn't really um, think of because usually everybody thinks all the resources in Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah. So here I think um, the advantage is that everyone is very close to each other. Uh, There's usually six degrees of separation here. We've probably got three degrees of separation. So I think that's a real big advantage in getting a company off the ground and getting to your product market fit um, uh, in, in getting to some kind of contacts that you need, uh, it really I think it really helps. So that's a huge advantage. Um, although, having said that, I was reading about um, the history of the bikini uh, last week. And <laughs> I'm love did this. you know the bikini was actually uh, invented in Germany in 1946, but did not actually become popular until, a James Bond movie in 1964. So there you go for your product market fit. It took a while. 20 years. For, yeah. Was it invented by a man or a woman? Oh, that I don't know. I didn't get into that many details. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting piece of trivia. And that is an interesting piece of trivia. And it's, sometimes we're just not ready. Exactly. Yeah, the world isn't ready for the thing. Um what I find uh, really dynamic about being in, in smaller startup ecosystems that are thriving and growing, and, and I had the, the opportunity to be in Latvia a couple years ago and Estonia a couple years ago and see how it's advanced. This is my first time in Lithuania. Um, it's a lot easier to be a big fish in a small pond than to be a big fish in a big pond, you know? Yes. And I think that a really big advantage about being in thriving tech cities that have smaller ecosystems is that you could really make a mark faster. Absolutely. I think, yeah, there's that, there's that. And then there's also the fact that, um, the Balt in the Baltics, the deals are much cheaper. So we're able to invest a different kind of investor. Uh, and I think there are many, uh, investment, uh, venture capital firms and, and angels and so forth in Europe that are looking for investments that on the valuation side seems to be a little bit more down to earth. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe. And, yeah. and one last question, not necessarily about women in tech, but about investment and, and the startup ecosystem here. How safe is it to invest in, in a Baltic company? 
so I, I, I would suggest that it's about as safe as investing in a company in Canada or in the U.S. or in Germany. Uh, the Baltics are part of Europe. They have been for quite a number of years. Uh, we have a very stable economy. And um, the students uh, and, and entrepreneurs and um, investors also usually have a lot of um, background and uh, information that comes from universities that are across the West. So really, and, and most people speak English here. So I think from that perspective, from a communication perspective, I think from an economical outlook, uh, from a stability outlook, uh, your chances are probably, uh, you know, about the same as investing, let's say, in Canada or in the U.S. And, you know, we always say that this is, you know, the highest risk form of investment, of course. Um, but I think that if uh, you're working together with the entrepreneurs and uh, trying to help them succeed, you have a better chance of helping them succeed. And while we're in conversation for everybody listening that wants to start cyber stalking, where can they look up your work and get connect with you? I'd say LinkedIn is probably one of the best places. And can you spell your name for everybody so they can find you? R-I-T-A-S-A-K-U-S. Perfect. Is this your first podcast? Yes, it is. No way! So I find, and I talk about this on a lot of episodes, that this is a lot of people's first podcast. And it's very exciting to be a part of that journey, to um, be the kind of launch pad to, to start speaking on all the podcasts. Especially, especially <laughs> with someone as dynamic as oh, you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. What is your favorite app, hardware, or website? Just one of them. So I'm a big dreamer. And uh, I think that's why I have loved Pinterest forever. So it just kind of, I find it very calm. If you can't sleep at three o'clock in the morning, I find myself being and creating Pinterest boards about, I don't know, calming things or quotes or it just seems to be a one stop shop for dreamers. Talk about it a little bit because I'm not too familiar with Pinterest. But just yesterday, I was in one of my um, growth groups of all these successful business people. And I was really surprised to see that one of the women in business post to Pinterest religiously. She says she only has a following of 1,400, but from that 1,400 following, she has between 500,000 and 700,000 views of her content. Could be. I don't know. I, I'm not sure about the views of content, but I use it more like you would a vision board. I was really into making vision yeah, boards I make when one I was every, in high school. I make one every year. And, yeah, yeah. I used to love, you know, cutting things out of magazines and, and envisioning either what your life is going to look like or what you're going to study or places you're going to go and visit. Um, and I, you can do that with Pinterest. It's just an online tool to put together whatever it is that you find out there and put your vision together, put your story together. Uh, you know, I was doing remodeling uh, of my apartment here in Vilnius a few years ago. So I found all sorts of ideas for what I wanted the bathroom to look like or what I wanted. So it's a, it's a great place to kind of spark um, interest or, or give you ideas and, and you put it all together in one place. So. You know what there needs to be? Mm. You just gave me this idea. So I completely took pictures of this podcast studio. Thanks to, to Rise Villainous for like having us in their amazing podcast studio. I'm so into it that I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like redesign my studio back in LA to look like this one. 
there should be a podcast studio Pinterest board because, like, I would totally like to see how everybody designs their podcast studios. There you go. Great idea. Start <laughs> it. Do it. I, I need to do this myself. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we, we start to wrap up? I just think that it's great that we're seeing more and more women uh, involved and finding their voices in tech and in future and in what's happening. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, this this would seem almost uh, unreal that we'd be here talking about a women in tech Completely. and in Vilnius of all places in Lithuania. And uh, here we are. And there are so many exciting things, things happening for women all over the world. And, and, and I think um, this, is, this is a time for us now. This is a time for women. I was so thrilled to see that movie, I think it was called Period End of Sentence, win an Academy Award. And uh, that just goes to show that, that there, there's, we're making the future come true now. 100%. And the last thing I'd like to leave everyone with is if they want to follow in your same career trajectory and get into investing and get into this whole world, what is that first door that they should walk through to start start down that path? Yeah, I'd say find a, a very democratic and open business angel network to connect with. And, you know, oftentimes they'll have some kind of an educational program or you could also find, uh, you know, Fast Company. I think magazine has um, uh, all sorts of conferences or Inc. magazine has a fabulous conference for women. And you go to these conferences and you just learn. I mean, just be open to learning. I mean, I think Google a lot. Uh, listen to podcasts uh, and and just you know find find your own way find your own road. I don't think that there is one necessary trajectory that's right. the right way to do it. I mean, mine's been all over the map and ups and downs and sideways and and every which way you can be. But uh, I find myself here and I find myself in a fabulous place in a great ecosystem that's growing. And uh, I'm really excited by what's happening in Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia for the future. Me too. Rita, thank you so much for connecting with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Say hello on social, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook at Women in Tech Show. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Rita Sackis. I'm with LitBan, the Lithuanian Business Angel Network. I'm a founding member of this network. We're located in Vilnius, Lithuania, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.